Hello and welcome to That's What Bear Said podcast. I am your host, Bear, from the uber popular Instagram page, Growing Up Montana. Uh, wait a minute, you never heard of it? Well, that's beside the point. I love all things farm, ranch, Montana, and really a lot of other things. But this show is for anyone that wants to laugh, get real, or learn something about our way of life. I've got two kiddos, I've got some cows, horses, too many chickens, and apparently just enough time to record a podcast here and there. Listen, I don't know what I'm doing, but one thing's for sure, it's going to get silly and sappy, and we're going to have a lot of fun as I share some of my favorite people with you, Montana folks, longtime friends, farmers, ranchers, homesteaders, and sometimes just the rando person that I find interesting. So put your boots on and saddle up because we ready to ride. Growing up Montana. Growing up Montana. Hey, and welcome to the latest installment of That's What Bear Said. That's right. I think I finally landed on a name for this podcast. On today's show, I have a longtime friend, quite possibly one of the sharpest and funniest women to have graced my lifetime. We journeyed through childhood, puberty, boys, and high school together. Our paths started similarly enough, but ultimately they branched in very different ways. She is my good friend, Bevan. Welcome, Bev. Hello. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Absolutely. <laughs> it's kind I'm of loving it. It's kind of a little bit of a break from the norm because usually my guests either have cows, chickens, um, something that produces a lot of poop. Yes. Um, and I just have three boys in the house. So that's it. <laughs> that's all I have. And that probably produces a lot of poop. It does. And myself. <laughs> I mean, let's be clear. <laughs> Women poop. That happens. Women poop. It's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, okay. So I would say in general, I think you probably have a much better memory than me. Tell, every, tell everyone, um, <laughs> tell everyone maybe like your first memory of how we met. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Okay. So we grew up in California and, um, we grew up in Northern California in the Bay area and we had, our house was like the first house or one of the first houses on the street. And so my, my dad was in building and selling homes and things like that. And so he built, they built this house and we moved in and we were living there for a couple of years. And then they started building houses around us and they built a house right next door to us. And this was, I want to say in 1983, because we were like eight, seven or eight mm -hmm. and the doorbell rang. And this was back when you actually answered the door because you were excited <laughs> to find out who it was. And there was this cute little girl there with her sister. I'm pretty sure Jen was there too. And uh, you guys said, hi, are there any, you said, hi, are there any kids here to play with? <laughs> my mom was like sure <laughs> she's and like then, thank god hallelujah and, and then we and then we yeah that was in 1983 and I think we graduated from high school in 93 so yeah I guess 10 years we, okay. we lived there yeah because you guys moved in when we were with like seven or eight and then we graduated gotcha. high school and moved on yeah yeah so you know it's funny like we did have a kind of similar past as far as like say demographics, you know, like we lived yes. in the same area, went to the same high school, like have the same education. Um, yes. but like, I'd say our families were a little different. Like your family was like kind of more like the typical family. And my mom was a single mom. Right. Um, maybe my dad lived there for a couple of years before. Oh yeah. 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 Your, okay. your parents were married when they moved in for sure. Gotcha. For sure. Gotcha. But yeah. for the majority, it seems like, you know, I lived with a single mom, um, right. who worked all the time, um, right. and was, probably pretty exhausted most of her life. Yes. Um, your dad worked, your mom was a homemaker, like Correct. amazing woman, like sewed your <laughs> clothes, um, had the greatest birthday parties ever. I remember getting a baton at like your, maybe your 10th birthday. And it was yes. like, it, you know, the game was you had to run down and sit on the balloon and, oh, and that's right. And I was so like competitive, like that, First of all, I was so afraid of balloons. I hated when they pop. I still do. But I was like, I don't care. I'm getting yeah. the baton. And I got the baton. And I mean, I was, I had some mad skills at the. Yeah, at the no, you did. You're very, you're, you're athletically gifted. There's no question. <laughs> Put a baton in my hand and I'm. I I'm mean, forget go. it. 
<laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> but um, one of, uh, I, I'd say like one of the stories that I have that really contrasts our childhood growing up, even though like some things were so similar was yeah. there's a picture your mom sent me at, was it high school or college graduation maybe? Or she randomly mailed me a picture of us. And I think we had to have been maybe like in fourth grade or something. And it was on Halloween. Yes. Oh (laughs) gosh. I know what you're talking about. Yes, 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 yes. And I know you, this picture makes you very sad. <laughs> it does. It, it, it is a little heartbreaking. Um, she, Bevan's mom sent me this picture of the two of us together and Bevan is wearing maybe like a Dorothy costume. Does that sound it, right? It might've been a princess. I think it was a princess costume that Something. my mother sewed. Cause this was when you couldn't go down. There were no party cities. There were no like, right. You, you had to come up with some kind of home costume where your mom had to sew it. It didn't exist. Like you right. didn't have those like costume stores the way you do now. Right. Yeah. So Bevan looks adorable. We're doing the, like the parade. We did a parade. Do a parade. Yes. yes. And, and Bevan's in her princess costume and I'm like a few people back, I think. And, yes. and I, I have short hair because I would never brush it. So my mom cut it off Very short. and mm-hmm. all I have on is just this like terrible face paint of like maybe uh-huh. a zombie or something. Yes. But yes. literally it was like, my mom took us to Long's drugs and was like, here's three dollars do what you can yeah and so there I am like in my turtleneck and my corduroy pants and this terrible face paint like <laughs> I think I cried when your mom sent it to me oh, my mom <laughs> not mean that at all I she know I know she was so sweet I think she was sending it thinking like I would love it and I was like no I just, I feel like that's maybe one of the most painful memories of my childhood. Well, I mean, my mom would certainly not connect that that would be a trigger no. moment for you of no. remembering things that were painful when it no. was one parent household and, and you're, you know, your mom's just doing her absolute best. And, you know, this is pre-social media. So it's like, I don't know what other kids are doing here. Go, you know, yeah. you're fine. I got yeah. other things to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But God love both of our moms. Like, yes. Uh, Man. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, we had similar bringing upbringings, um, but definitely some different dynamics. But um, for sure, definitely, it was a good time. You know, I when I think back to those times, I'm like, like, especially going into like the end of middle school and high school, it's like you were my person. You know, like we <laughs> we were like it. We were so yeah. lucky. You know, because a lot we were of lucky kids- we live next door to each other. It was a pretty amazing experience to live next door to each other and um, have so much of, cause we were, and still are, obviously, if you think about it, I think it's kind of funny that we were as close to friends as we were, because we were really into very different things. Mm-hmm. Like we had like church in common. We did that together, but like I did drama, I did plays, you did sports. Like we didn't do a lot of the same things, but since we lived close to each other and we did a lot of the church things and stuff together, we had a lot in common with that. And so, but other, but I think it makes sense why our live paths were so different because, you know, we, we were actually kind of interested in other stuff, but we still got along really well. Right. Yeah. Especially during like high school was, you know, those are tough times if you don't have like some solid people <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, I, I think about that with, you know, I have uh, our older son is high school age and it's mm-hmm. interesting watching his transition from elementary to middle to high, you know, it's interesting as you get into different things, like there's kids that I would have considered his best, best friends that like we'd stopped seeing because mm-hmm. they got into different things in high school. And like, mm-hmm. when, like, it's kind of like all bets are off until, you know, until puberty, it's like they, everyone's going to kind of go their own path. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a couple of times over the years where an old friend that maybe we had a friend that went on a trip with us of his in like fourth or fifth grade that I hadn't seen in years. And he saw me at something and came up and I didn't even recognize him. He's mm-hmm. like, Hey, I was like, Oh my gosh. You, you know? kind of look like, like a man. <laughs> yeah. And he was, you know, he, he took the sports path of like football and just a different path than our son. And so it was very like, Oh my gosh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting how I see that with our younger son, who's going to be in fifth grade, you know, he's got such good group of friends now. And I wonder how they'll diverge in life yeah. and if they'll stay close, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's get real. Like, what would you say was the actual real draw to being my friend? (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's a great question. Um, you were definitely very, very fun. You didn't take yourself too seriously. And so you were always really fun and always up 
for doing fun things. Um, really good spirit of like always being up for like, yeah, totally, let's go. Or yeah, let's do that or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you, We had a lot of fun doing like church activities together when we'd go on trips and things like that. And we had, you definitely spoke to me to, to my fun side, my not planning side, my not mm -hmm. type A side. Yeah. We're like the, and I have that side. I have that side that's not the type A side. And I don't get to do it as much anymore, I feel like as an adult, but I loved that that part of you is that we we did a lot of, cra not crazy, I mean, sometimes kind of crazy now that I look back on it. I'm like, that was, I mean, the stuff that we did, our oldest just got his driver's license this week. <laughs> and I know. And so I, you know, Jim and I were kind of arguing yesterday because I was like, let him take Bryce to the movies. I don't care. And he's like, oh, he just got his license. And I was like, when I got my license, I was like, I mean, I was in the, bye. Like, <laughs> didn't limit it at all and so we did a lot of stuff like jump in the car go do this go do that yeah, yeah. we did all that stuff and I know it was a different time but it was you were always up for anything yeah well that's that's real sweet and thank you for those kind words but I mean let's be honest it was the brownies was it not it, okay so my mom was way ahead of her time with the healthy eating I mean way ahead like she was she was with with the whole thing of people like organic it's like oh my gosh way ahead now, granted, let me caveat this. My mom has had multiple sclerosis since 1985. So she started seeing health, you know, uh, what she was eating as being a really important part of taking care of herself. Right. Yeah. So she was early on in that process, but she was very against any kind of like processed food and things like that, like way before her time. But and then Bab I had my next door and neighbor. Babsy. Babsy. And Babsy <laughs> was not. And so she was, she sort of, Babsy is my spirit animal because <laughs> the, the, the food in my home now is like the food in your home. Oh like my the gosh. Food, like the way I rebelled is like, I always have processed cheese here. I always oh have gosh. the cheese slices. Oh I make gosh. brownies and, and treats all the time. If you open up our freezer, we always have about 25 different types of ice cream because I never know what I want. Right. And right. Never, never had that growing up. So I would, so Bear would tell me, hey, my mom made brownies. And I would come over and then she'd be like, can you help me with this paper that I need to write for school? <laughs> I mean, there, it was a symbiotic relationship. It really, it really was. was. It was a lot of give and take. There was a lot of give and take. And, and, and I would be like, all right. So, so for everyone, Babsy is my mom. My mom's name is Barbara and we just refer to her as Babs or Babsy. So yeah, it was definitely symbiotic. I needed help writing the thesis statement, which and I to wanted this to day, eat junk food. Yeah. So it worked yeah. out great. I mean, my brother is in the corner, like kind of like Napoleon Dynamite making like nachos with the yeah. huge Costco block of cheese that would later be eaten by our dog, Sonny, who <laughs> ate everything. <laughs> I don't I know. Ate everything. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, the process. Yeah, yeah. Processed food is great. I have no yeah. problem with it. So judge me all you want. Right. No, well, <laughs> and when I asked the question, that's what I was going for. The sweet words were like a bonus, but we all know what it was. <laughs> well, and you also got to, you know, my, my, you, if you recall, my parents were extremely, mostly my mom, um, extremely, uh, strict on TV, very strict. You remember my mom was very strict yes. on TV. Yes. We all the time say, mom, can you imagine trying to parent in the internet age? And my mom's like, no, like my mom was convinced that the end of the world was coming from TV. I can't even yeah. imagine the internet. Yeah. So you were allowed to watch, you would have TV on during the day. So that was another thing. We'd go over there and be like, all day long, your babysitter, your babysitter Jean would be watching her stories. <laughs> Young and the restless. <laughs> Young and the restless. <laughs> then, so then we got the TV and you guys had the most fun thing. You guys had a kid's line. You had a kid's phone line. Oh yeah. You yeah. and Tim and Jen. Yeah. So you could, you could do stuff on the phone and, like prank and calls. would never know about it. Right. Like prank yeah. calls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the kids these days, I'll tell you what. What they, they are missing. They are missing so much with the crank calls. Yes, that's hours so of crank calls. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So here's a funny observation. Um, okay. So you kind of like went the direction of like, you always have those things in your house, like those snacks and stuff. Like, yeah. how are you, how are you on TV? Like, no problem. We have four TVs. We have four TVs in our house. Mm -hmm. Um, we, the kid with the internet and iPads and things like that, the kids are less interested in TV than we were. Gotcha. Like they are more, they're more interested in being on their phone or their iPad. Like that's right. far more interesting to them. And do they have like um, some restrictions on that? Like yes. an yes. amount of time mm -hmm. or yeah, they have restrictions on that. Um, you know, my oldest is my stepson. And so he's here 50% of the time, 50% of the time is his mom's. So I will say that that has always been an interesting dynamic as far yeah. as like what goes at her house versus what goes at our house. 
Um, if anyone's in that situation, there's absolutely no way to win. Like there's like, you're no, just going to do, no. you yeah. got to worry about what's happening in your house. That's right. it. That's all you can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, for the most part, our kids are pretty compliant. They don't like being in trouble. So we're in, we're in good shape with like, not necessarily like they don't try to sneak it or things like that. Right. But, um, as far as TVs go, one of the things when I graduated from college and moved into my first apartment was I will always have cable always. <laughs> I'll always have cable. Oh, we got rid of cable. We're streaming. I'm like, nope, I want cable. Like, like it's got to get pretty bad for me to like cut the cable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because like, it, it seems like you kind of took on like a little bit more like Babsy and like, I literally like, we have no processed food in our house. Like my kids got a piece of Velveeta cheese and the wrapper didn't know what to do with it. They're like, what is this? <laughs> like I failed you. I'm all it's cheese. And I was afraid they were going to eat it with the wrapper on, you know, like, so it's like, I, it's funny how we went off. Very, very, very different. Yeah. And we, we don't watch TV. Yes, very, I don't, don't even really, they, I mean, they have an iPad, but it's usually never charged or we can't find it or, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, no, that's, it's not funny. Yeah, that is funny. No. And, and it's interesting because I, I say that cause I'm one of four and, um, with the TV thing, all of the kids kind of went different routes with it. Uh-huh. Like Gar, my older brother, they watch a lot of sports on TV and his wife really likes TV, but they have like one or two TVs and they're, you know, they have a lot more parameters around it. I think their kids are older now. Um, then I have four TVs and, and cable and every streaming channel and yada, yada, yada. My sister really likes TV um, but feel, I feel like I hear her say like, I'm watching too much TV. Like she kind of like tries to self edit. Mm-hmm. And then I think my younger brother for a while didn't even have one, like literally didn't even have a TV. Yeah. Like, so everybody kind of went a different route as far as like how you reacted to those things. And I am for sure the aunt that has all the junk food. Like my <laughs> speaking of cheese, my brother's son was here once and I gave him a, a sandwich or something with like the, the processed American cheese. And the, the family joke is he literally was like, what is this cheese? <laughs> this is the best thing ever. I, like, I will always, I will always have this cheese at my house. <laughs> He's all, you will always have my heart. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like when, when they come to like my, my nieces and nephews know when they come to our house, like they're going to open it up and there's going to be 25 different types of ice cream, you know, that there's going to yeah. be options galore. Uh, and they like, sounds and I love that. I love, I love yeah. that. I want to be there. Um, okay. So quickly, can you yeah. run down, you know, um, give us the like Bevan abridged life, <laughs> like the shortened version went to high school friends with bear went to college okay. did this you know like okay give us went the to high school, friends with bear went to high school friends with bear uh bear went to college in southern california i went to chicago so i lived in chicago i went to northwestern went to chicago uh graduated uh four years later um i had interned in college and got a job in la in entertainment and so i worked in entertainment in la and then moved with that job uh it was a modeling agency to new york so i lived in new york from 04 to 07 came back um, to California and um, I actually changed careers and got into real estate when I was in New York. And then uh, when I came back to California, I stayed in real estate. Um, that was during the crash. So it was not a great time to be in real estate. Hmm. Reconnected with a high school crush I had that was a family friend. Okay, but um, we can't tell the story yet. That's for later. Okay, we're not gonna tell the story anyway. Yeah, he and I got together and got married and um, ended up moving out here to an area called Temecula, which is inland um, of Orange County. I like to say that it's um, equidistant to everything close to nothing. Everything's about an hour away, like San Diego, Orange County, Palm Desert, mm-hmm. LA, et cetera. So it's Riverside County. Um, it's actually a little bit more probably like Montana <laughs> in some of the outlying areas, but it's quite suburban. It's a very suburban area. Nice. So I've been here, we've been married for a little over 12 years. Uh, my stepson is just turned 16 and just got his driver's license. And then we have a son together who's 10. Awesome. Okay. And I am still in real estate. Yeah. You know, and that's funny because we're both in real estate. I know. And I'm, I've been mostly in the new home space. I didn't do a lot of resale. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm now working for a company that does technology for new homes. So I'm working for a company that does, um, you know, build, builds the home virtually before it's ever built. And so mm-hmm. it's great for new home builders that want to like demonstrate what their homes yeah, are going to be like yeah. and don't have them built yet. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the reason that I reached out to you was, um, on your Instagram. Can I tell everyone your Instagram handle? I mean, you might get some followers, but that might be a bunch of weirdos. So, Hey, weirdos don't follow Bevan (laughs) or go, go follow her. Um, at Bevan Curtis 27 on Instagram is, is Bevan. And on your stories, you do something called 
DWB driving with Bev. Okay. My first question is this. Um, well, actually it's a two-part question. Uh, no, it's two separate questions. One, how did you come up with this? Like what made you do it? And two, how come no one can comment on your stories? Well, I'm private. And so it's not, I'm a private, I, I guess I would have, would it have to be public for people to comment? I don't know, but I always want to like comment something on it. And I, there's like no well, option know. to. See, I don't know. I'm not fancy enough to know that. Um, okay. Okay. I started, so I started this job in March 1st. Okay. So before that I was working from home exclusively during the pandemic, et cetera. This job came up in February. I ended up taking it knowing that there was going to be a pretty major commute three to four days a week. Um, and so the uh, first time I filmed it, um, the, the way that I go to work, if you know anything about Southern California, I'm in the Inland Empire and then Orange County. So you usually, there's a huge um, mountain range there. So you either have to go around it. And then there's one road that goes through it. It's called the Ortega Highway. People die on it every day. Like it's a terrible mm -hmm. road. If you know it, it's great. If you know what you're, where every turn is, but there are full turns where you're like, literally like going almost like in a, in a 360, almost all the way around and people go too fast. And so then they, 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 uh, drive off the edge and things like that. Oh my gosh. So that was my concern was, okay, how is this really going to work with, with commuting and things like that? So the second day of my job, I got what's called stuck in Ortega. There's no cell service. You're just sitting there. And I, somebody had gone off the edge. And so oh it gosh. stopped everybody had to turn around and go back. And again, it's my second day. I'm trying to prove myself, whatever. Right. Right. So I go back. So it took me, you know, it, it, an, an hour and it's supposed to be about an hour and five minutes, took me two and a half hours to get to work. So I had to go back and then go around. So while I was at the bottom of the hill, I filmed something to like tell my friends and people that know me on Instagram, um, on Instagram, here's, here's how the second day has gone kind of. <laughs> And I got so many responses. So people can respond. I don't know what the story is, oh, but maybe hmm. I need to follow you back or something. Maybe that's the issue. I don't know okay, sure if I'm following you. You don't follow. I'm just realizing right as me. we're talking, maybe I don't. I follow <laughs> you. I follow you. Oh, well, I don't personally have an Instagram, I don't think. Well, maybe or I if I do, I don't post there. Okay, yeah, my bad. I don't. All right. So, anyway, so that it's at growing.up.montana. I will rectify that immediately. But anyway, so people started commenting. So then I started doing something every day when I was driving uh -huh. and people kept coming up to me. And it's hilarious because my husband does not do social media. He has an Instagram. He's never looked at it. People started coming up to me and being like, oh my God, your stories are so funny. And he's like, what are they talking about? Yeah. And what's a story? What are you mean? What are you talking about? And so, yeah, so it started just becoming this fun thing. And then people would comment or say something or whatever. And, um, and it's, it's funny because my sister she's so like one time she reached out and she said oh I have a funny story to tell you from when I was over at mom and dad's and I was like what and she said well mom and dad used to talk about how when you would put them when they would put you to bed you would try to get them to stay and talk because you mm -hmm. wanted to talk and tell them all your feelings and your thoughts or whatever right right and it would be out like they'd be like if they didn't draw a boundary it would be like hours <laughs> and my sister was like that's what you're driving with Evan is it's like trying <laughs> Stay with me, people. Stay with me. Like, I have so many thoughts and I just want everyone to hear them. I, I feel you. I feel you. Hence, I'm doing a podcast. Joy. I know, right? You're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. Oh exactly. my gosh. Well, there was one um, particularly that kind of made me be like, okay, we need to talk about this is you got on and you were talking about talking about advocating for yourself. And I thought mm -hmm. to myself, I'm pretty much the worst person. I don't know how to advocate for myself. Like Bevan, okay. what do you mean by that? What do you mean by advocating for yourself? Cause you're, you do like really short stories. Like they're like snippets. Yeah. It's like advocate yes. for yourself. And I'm all okay, but how, you know, yeah. like help me out here. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so I just want you to expand a little bit on that. Like, what do you mean by advocating for yourself? Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. So the reason it came about was there's a couple was a lot having to do with the changing jobs. So we're, I just turned 46. You're about to be 46. I don't know if people know your actual age. Easy. <laughs> no, they do. So I've had, I've had a fair amount of jobs over the years. You know, I've been working since I graduated from college. And so I've had a fair amount of jobs over the years. And the transition from this last job that I had into this new one has, has really been very interesting and, and enlightening. And as I get older, I notice a lot of things that maybe I wouldn't have noticed before, um, specifically as it relates to like women and work. Mm -hmm. and, and it does relate to, to personal lives and something that I observe a lot of times with my friends too. 
I am, my personality is, is much more um, outspoken in the sense of like, I know how I feel and I'm probably going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So when I feel ambivalent about something, it's a very strange feeling for me. Like if I'm not sure what I want to do, I don't like that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say to my friends that struggle with that a lot. I'm like, how do you live your life like this? <laughs> not knowing how you feel. Yeah, like I pretty much yeah. always know how I feel. So in work, um, I have found particularly, and there's lots of books on this topic and things like that that, you know, to be a woman that self-advocates, that says, nope, I'm going to do this. Nope, I'm going to do that. This is what has to happen. is still very uncomfortable for mm-hmm. people. They still mm-hmm. want women to be really good at their job, but nice. Yeah. They have to be nice. Yes. If they're not nice, then they're a terrible words and everybody doesn't like that. Right. Yeah. Because when you yeah. stand up for yourself as a woman in the workplace and in life, you're a bitch. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, it's yeah. very, there's no, way, there's no other word. Like that is nope. the word that, nope. There's like no other word all, for it. Always the go-to. Right. So what became, it was interesting because when I recorded that and I went back to look and see when it was, and I think mm-hmm. I had a good idea. This is where the memory comes in handy. Um, was that a, a really good friend of mine, um, we were talking and having lots of conversations because she had gone up for a promotion um, internally. It was an internal promotion. So she was up against some other people in her work, which is not fun. Mm. And she didn't get it. And she was extremely upset about it. And we talked a lot about it. And one of the reasons she was upset was she felt like the person that she'd gone up against that got it was naturally better at self-advocating. And Mm -hmm. she looked at it and she's like, I'm not good at that. I don't like doing that. I don't think I should have to. And so what it said to me, and my husband's like this too, What it said to me is the value that people have for like being humble is great, but Mm -hmm. not in every situation. Yeah. So there are situations where you need to be insanely like self-righteous and great about yourself. Interviews are one, Uh (laughs) you know, interviews are one. And then when you're advocating for, for maybe your children, for yourself with health, you know, things like that, you, that's where those boundaries come in, where you're, where it has to be very clear what is acceptable to you and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And you, you've got to pick which hills you're willing to die on. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, which yeah. hills, like, this is important to me. This is not going to change. And so um, that is okay mm-hmm. because it makes everybody's life easier. It makes everybody's life easier if they know where you stand. One of the things that I said to my friend who maybe will listen to this and be like, stop telling my business. Um, but- <laughs> Can you give us her full name, please? <laughs> exactly. <I didn't> <laughs> um, one of the things I said to my friend was that there was a chance that what happened was the person that got promoted over her would have been more vocal if she didn't get it. But my Mm -hmm. friend is very compliant and kind. Mm -hmm. And so from a management perspective, her man, Mm -hmm. and again, I don't know, but her managers could have been like, well, we could promote, you know, I'll just make up names like Kelly or Stacy. If we don't promote Stacy, she will make a big ruckus. Right. And so let's right. let's promote Stacy because we don't want to deal with that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not fair, but in some ways, being like an advocate of like, nope, I'm going to stand up for myself mm-hmm. means that you're going to get what you want, and and not necessarily like in a bad way, get what you get what you want, like you you win or whatever. Right. Right. But people can't. People. The anticipation is, I cannot push that person around. Right. And yeah. I say to my kids all the time, I'm like, people will treat you. And you know, this people will treat you the way that you accept being treated. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you let things go and then complain to your friends about it, that's not self-advocating. No. Self-advocating no. is not talking. Complaining. That's this? complaining. Yeah. Can we, can, can we swear on this podcast? You can, you no? can do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> advocating for yourself is not talking shit to other people and then never saying it to the person. Right. Right. It's not advocating for totally. yourself. People think it is. Yeah. Sometimes I argue with my husband, God love him. Sometimes I argue with my husband because he will come home from work or something where he's angry about something and he will say, and I wanted to say, da, da, da. And I go, no, no, no. Tell me what you actually said. Don't tell me what you wanted to say. Tell me what you actually said. Yes. Yeah. And then I'll be like, well, then I said this. I was like, so why are you complaining to me? If you're not going to say it to them. Right. It kind of goes there. There's this, this happened in my new work recently and it was kind of a red flag, but we'll see. (laughs) Um, And that is management by management by people are saying, well, people are saying this. Uh-huh. I had a boss years ago in New York that I really respected because she had this policy where if someone came to her and said, people are saying, she would say, you either tell me who it is or they come to me directly. Otherwise I won't pay any attention to it. Good. Yeah. If you yeah. don't stand behind your opinion. Mm-hmm. Meaningless. Meaningless yeah. to me. Yeah. I don't care. 
Yeah. You know, um, what I think is really interesting from like what I'm getting from what you, what what you're saying is like, if you don't have a solid sense of your own worth, what that is, and you can't like maybe sit down and and write out your strengths and what you bring to the table. You can't, because I think you can advocate in a graceful manner. You know, I think you absolutely Absolutely. can do that, but you have to be solid in who you are and know your strengths and be able Mm -hmm. to communicate that. And like, Mm -hmm. it it is hard. Like I totally get it. Like, I feel so uncomfortable, um, acknowledging things that like, Hey, these are like my God-given strengths, you know, and I need to embrace them and, and, and advocate for myself with them, you know, and, and it's a hard, and I think I struggle with you know, really understanding my self-worth. And so that's why, like, you know, I find it hard to advocate for myself, but mm-hmm. just maybe sitting down and like, mm-hmm. and, and writing that out and really getting in touch mm-hmm. and really look, taking a hard look at it can help. Absolutely. And talking to, talking to people that like love you and care about you, because you have to think about when you're advocating for yourself at work, it is in their best interest to create the impression that you have nowhere else to go. Like work is kind of like an abusive yeah. relationship. I'm totally. totally like work, each company is its own. And I, I did a, I did a little DWB on this once too. Each work is their own cult. Yeah. You're either on board yeah. with us or you're not like they, mm-hmm. they really believe and they have to, and in America, like you have to, to, to move forward. Like you have mm-hmm. to basically be like, we're the best at everything. You're either on our team or you're not because when people leave, they have to be like, I don't know what they were thinking. They left and da, da, da. And that's why people like when people leave right. for really good reasons. Yeah. Really good reasons. Everyone has to come up with some, you know, the management has to come up with some sort of story about why it's their problem and not our problem. Right. right. Like it's about totally. them. It's not me. Totally. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. They're crazy. So it's yeah. So exactly. So when you, <laughs> over the years, as I've had more success and been older, I can look back and go like, yeah, you know what? I stayed there for too long. I stayed maybe in that particular work for too long seeing that relationship for too long. I mean, I didn't get married till I was 33. So I was, I had some pretty crappy relationships in my twenties where if I could go back and talk to that 20 year, 25, 26 year old girl, I would say this, no, like this person is this, this person does not value you. And by continuing to stay with them, mm-hmm. you're, you're re, you know, you're reinforcing that you don't really value yourself either. Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and there's, and, and so when you advocate for, I think what, where, how it really came up is when my friend went through this job thing, she said, I felt like, you know, the work spoke for itself and I shouldn't have to self-advocate. And I was like, well, yeah, agree. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shouldn't have to, but this is the reality we're in. Mm -hmm. Like let's, let's live in the reality of the situation that we're in, as opposed to mourn and be sad about the fact that it's like this, like, let's just deal with the way that it actually is when my husband's gone up for interviews and jobs and things like that, I say to him, cause he's, he's very focused on being nice, very focused mm-hmm. on people liking him. Mm-hmm. And I will say, when you go into this interview or when you go do this thing, I want you to talk about yourself the way you talk about yourself playing sports in high school, because I don't <laughs> think you were probably as good as you thought you were, but you self-advocate when it comes to like how uh, you play soccer yeah. baseball better oh than anyone else. That is and so awesome. You have to take that attitude in there. Right. But the, but the work that you're, the work that you're doing, it's in their best interests to, to kind of, kind of push you down a little bit, to mm-hmm. not build you up because mm-hmm. if they want to keep you, it's like, well, we don't want to tell them they're too, they're too great. Right. right. They'll go somewhere else they might and they expect more. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, you know what I think is interesting is, um, you know, if you self-advocated for yourself, the way that, you know, like one of your very good friends would like, 100%. you know, like yeah. speak about yourself in mm-hmm. the kindest way that like, mm-hmm. you know, other people, other people would say these things about me, you know, and like kind of trying to put yourself in that position and scene, but that's yep. awesome. So I, I want to, um, do you want to add anything else with advocating there? Because I want to move no, on other than, it. other than do not rely on anyone else to do it for you. Yeah. Like, no one will. If you're, no. if you're a person, if you're a person that is naturally uncomfortable in that position, you have to push yourself to be like, it is my job to advocate that like, there's no one else that's going to stand up and say, oh, you know, Bear's really good at this job. So let's hire her. And then you're like, oh, right. thanks. Like, no, no, yeah. no, you gotta no. do it yourself. <laughs> and, and I think it's funny because I think the people who have the hardest time advocating for the, themselves 
are the best at advocating for other people. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, know, like no, full right. on loyalty. Right. Yeah, because they they see it, they see it, and, and maybe it's you know family of origin stuff. Maybe it's and for women, I just think it's just harder. Like they mm-hmm. see it as bragging. They see it as like, no, mm-hmm. I don't want people not to like me. Right. I mean, at some point, you have to be like, I'd rather have people respect me than like me. Yeah. Sorry, you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> yeah that's that's a lot. Well, yeah. let me take it in. Thank thank you for all that advice. Um, but you've you've mentioned your sweet husband several times, and this yes. is maybe one of my favorite stories of like all time, <laughs> like friend stories. Um, when Bevan and I were in high school is that when you met Jim Mm -hmm. okay so Bevan you're yeah like remet reconnected yeah wait in high school you reconnected did you know him younger when we were kids yeah when we were kids so our dads so our dads went to high school together in southern California they both happened to vacation in the same area as adults with their families Um, they were not close friends they played on the golf team together they kind of knew of each other and so when we were young we would hang out because Jim and I have pictures in our house of us at like five years old together. Oh my gosh. Um, and he would, this was back when you was sort of like, go play, see you at dinner, you know? And so he would play with Gar and I would play with his sister and we kind of knew each other. Our families knew each other sort of peripherally on vacation. That was, that was the extent of it. But then they didn't go down for a couple of years or something like that. You know, no cell phones, only mm-hmm. home phones. Like, yeah. We just didn't connect. So then yeah. we did see each other again in high school gotcha. and then discovered that our families knew each other. Gotcha. Okay. So you didn't maybe recognize them or no, no, not at all. Not even close. Yeah. yeah no idea. Okay. It had been years. Yeah. So you're talking about vacationing in on Balboa Island. Balboa Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in, and that's in Burby. Southern California, Newport uh-huh. beach and it's beautiful and it's super fun. And there was like a couple of years where I would come join you in high school. Yes. And you were allowed uh, to bring a friend. And so, yeah. uh, one of the weeks you would come, um, and we, yeah. So, so we were, Jim and I were like vacation friends because he brought friends down too. Mm-hmm. And so we would hang out with his friends and he would hang out with, with us. And I was madly in love with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what, what year was it? What summer was it where the fateful kiss happened? I'm so glad you asked. It was exactly 30 years ago. <gasps> wow. This, this year, this date. summer, the summer I turned 16 got my driver's license and, and had really my first like real kiss. Oh my God. And it was the best summer ever. <laughs> okay. But can you tell us what happened immediately after kissing Jim? I think I like went and I, I couldn't call anybody because there were no cell phones. Okay. Wait, am I remembering this wrong? I thought you kissed him and then immediately threw up afterwards. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I did, yeah. No, so there How was a time, <laughs> there was a time, I don't know if it was right after, but anytime I was going to see him, I would throw up because oh, I was okay. so nervous and excited. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. No, that lasted for a while. It's so funny to me. Like when we're now married for 12 and a half years, yeah. he's bugging me and I'll look at him and be oh like, oh my gosh, idiot. And oh in my, mind, my like, gosh. 30 years ago, I was like, oh my God, I love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So we go through high school and then like, there's a, there's a point, maybe it's junior, senior year. I can't remember you like it was over with you and Jim and it wasn't going to happen. I don't know if he was, you know, the one who bailed on it or not, but I remember. Yeah. He was going to college. He was a year ahead of us and he was going Uh to college and we have a family joke now with the boys that you can't go to college with a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I mean, come on. Like you got to leave yourself open. Right. Yeah, for sure. I know. know. So yeah. <laughs> um, so, so he goes and, um, and you, you say to me in such like such a dark place of high schoolers, you say to me, I will never date another boy again in my life. And I said, and I really, really felt that way. You really meant it. And, really and did. so I said, are you sure about that? Bevin? I said, yeah. Let's put it on paper. <laughs> so we, we draw up the contract, you break the contract several times. Um, and you know, fast forward, how many years till So we connected. So what happened was when I graduated from college, um, I actually, I moved to LA and was working at the modeling agency and commercial agency and stuff. And we, our, our parents both lived in the same houses forever. And so one of us would always call the other person's house and be like, where's so-and-so and then get their like home line or whatever. Right. After I graduated from college, I actually lived around the corner from one of his good friends from college. So I saw him a few times in our early 20s in LA. And um, one time in particular, he came out to visit. Um, so we stayed friends, kind of. He came out to visit. He was living in Palm Desert and was 
dating the gal that he ended up marrying. Um, she was uh, old, a little bit older than us and had uh, two kids. She was divorced and had two kids. And we were just in very different places because he would, they'd break up and get back together or whatever. And, and he'd be like, you know, I really want to be a dad to those kids. And I was like 24 and like, good luck with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like my biggest concern was like, well, what was I wearing to the party on Friday? Like right, I had no right. interest in like, I didn't even know anyone who had children. Like I was very, so we kind of connected and, and disconnected and things over the years. And then um, my dad's best friend growing up from that same area passed away in 02. And I saw my now in-laws at that funeral because they had all grown mm-hmm. up together and mm-hmm. they let me know that he had gotten married. And I was in the middle of a, another relationship and was like, oh, good. You know, didn't pay no attention, whatever. Mm-hmm. So let me be very clear. I was not waiting around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's I, maybe how his story goes. <laughs> well, the story makes me sound like I was like waiting out that very, like I right, right. knew me in LA and New York. No, you weren't. You we know had, that nobody I had thought that. any, many other boyfriends and sort of boyfriends and whatever. I was very prolific in my searching for the right one. <laughs> prolific. So then in uh, 07, I was in New York and I had decided to move back to California already. And he, I got a, a message on, MySpace. Anybody? Oh, MySpace? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. found me on MySpace. And it was interesting because he sent this email that was like very descriptive about who he was. Like, no way, I oh. know who you are. Like, <laughs> I'm your friend from Bubble Island. Like, yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah. But what's interesting is the reason he was like top of mind a lot is because, particularly in summers, whenever anybody says, what was your first kiss? Like, that was, that's my story. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was, and most people's first kiss story is horrible. <laughs> most, most people is like oh I was at a party in seventh grade and it was seven minutes in the closet and the guy was broke like it's a bad story my story is like I was like in love with him it was the best kiss ever I was yeah, like yeah such a good experience and he was such a good kid and didn't try anything else like it was yeah. very like chaste and wonderful and whatever so I think I had just told that story like that weekend you oh know and he contacted me and he mentioned his son in the in the MySpace email and sent uh-huh. me and then we started emailing and my roommate at the time, um, her boyfriend was over all the time. We were in a tiny little apartment in New York and her boyfriend was in, was over, he basically was my third roommate. And I remember walking out with the laptop and reading him the email and going like, this guy's married. Or last time I'd heard he was yeah, married. Yeah. And, the, and Jason was like, oh, that guy's getting divorced. Write him back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we started emailing and we emailed, I was about 30 days away from moving and we emailed every day for uh-huh. hours and hours and hours and hours, never talked on the phone. Oh my gosh. Um, I came back to California. He had literally just gotten divorced. Like it was uh, in retrospect, we kind of got together sort of quickly based on this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But um, we, my family still goes to Balboa and his didn't. And so I was coming back and was taking like a few weeks off before I started my new job in California. So I said, why don't you come out for the day to Balboa? And yeah. he would not send me a picture of himself. He had oh no other social media, he would not send me a picture of himself. So I thought, mm. So he came in and I just posted this on Instagram the other day, the picture my sister took of us talking uh-huh. he came in. So this is in uh, August of 07 and walked in and he brought flowers for my mom, Aww. Brought flowers for my mom. And we started talking and I remember being like, he looks exactly the same. Like, <laughs> like hearts coming out of your eyes. So I He's played so dreamy. Super hard to get for like 12 hours and then <laughs> like made out that night and we've been together ever since. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, like, okay. So you started dating, you get engaged and then you're getting married in Balboa. Right. Was it at the nearby, Balboa yeah, Yacht nearby. Club? Yeah. yeah nearby. Um, and I fly out, I'm incredibly pregnant and very pregnant, yes. yes. And I think there was some sort of opportunity maybe during the rehearsal dinner where people were sharing. I can't remember. Yes. And bear in yes. like very rare fashion, because like, I am not an organized human being by exactly. any means. Yes. Okay. So we're like 10 years, 15 years later from when the contract was written. And oh, it's like I, 17 years. Oh, like okay. 17 okay. Years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're much better at math. Um, yeah. And I get up to say something and in my hand. Yeah. Is, the contract it's is, true. The, is the signed contract. Yes. <laughs> so it's funny. It's funny to think that I, I here's the thing. I remember that feeling because it was the first time I had ever really liked somebody and then became clear that they were not interested in anymore. And I remember having that feeling in my heart, like that horrible feeling you have. And I remember like the first heartbreak where you're like, it's it's not going away, like no position. I can't move into any position and and it's not going away. 
and it was, it was hard, right? Really hurt. I mean, I was really hurt and yeah. you know, a lot of years went by and I had other boyfriends and other whatever. To this day, we make jokes. Jim makes a joke that this is all an elaborate scheme <laughs> that I'm going to like drop him and be like, fuck you. <laughs> it's a, I, like I'm running a really long yeah. con. Sucker. Right? You so totally sure. fell for it. <laughs> that is so a funny. Really long con. Very uh, long. Wow. Well, you're really <laughs> invested in this joke. I'm really invested. We have a kid together now. Like, <laughs> you're really going to show him. <laughs> I'm going to show him. Yeah. He's like, every now and again, like, we'll make a joke every now and again. Like, if I don't show up someplace, he's like, that was it. She was, all right. Okay. I knew I it was coming. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Bevan, thank you so much for sharing oh, your morning and stories and insight and just laughter. It was fun. It's so um, fun. It's so fun to know that, like you said, our, our paths have been very divergent and very different, but you know, we got that, that same history together growing up next door to each other, living our best lives in high school, looking back every now and again, I'll look back on stuff in high school especially now that I have a high schooler and be like, oh my God, I can't believe we were allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Time, different we, time. We were good kids though. We I mean, holy cow. Party, we were very, we no. were really good kids. Like the yeah. most we got away with is just stuff where I'm like, like probably safety house. concerns. Yeah, yeah, probably like TPing people's houses or things <laughs> like that. But no, other way, we were really good kids. You're right. I know, I know, it's fun. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again. And I don't know, maybe we'll find another topic another time. Love it. You know, just watch the DWB and you'll yeah. get to hear all the yeah. things I have thoughts on. Yeah. Give everyone your handle again, real quick. Uh, oh God, Bevan 20, no, Bevan Curtis 27. All right. Cool. Well, thanks Bev.